Welcome to this episode of Strategy Simplified on Disney and Uber. In this episode, I talk about Disney and Uber's business model, simply. Not the complex, how do you analyze the entire company, but basically, what kind of cost business are they in and how are they positioned? In addition, I talk about recent moves that the companies have made and assess whether I think they're great moves, good moves, or terrible moves. And we talk about whether their businesses are durable. Welcome to this episode of Strategy Simplified. Disney Plus, one of the biggest launches of 2019. It's the beginning of the streaming wars, something that many analysts thought would happen five or eight years ago. But we have now on the scene Disney, we've got Netflix, we've got Hulu, and we've got more to come. And the streaming wars are super interesting from a consumer's perspective. Where am I going to get my content and where can I find it and how much is it going to cost me and what is my access like? But probably more importantly, what we're interested in here at Management Consulted is will this business model work and why are they launching Disney Plus instead of just licensing the content out like they have for so many years? I'm Jenny Ray LaRue, the Managing Director of Management Consulted. We're a group of ex-McKinsey, Bain, and BCG consultants who advise students that are interested in going into consulting on how businesses work and advise corporations on how to clarify communication and business strategy. We have a great business. We're based in Northern California, and our focus today is on looking at one of these really powerful businesses, Disney+. Plus. First of all, we have to understand what kind of business Disney is in. Second of all, we need to talk about what makes a business like that successful. Third of all, we need to make sure that we understand whether Disney is doing what will make it successful. And we're going to focus today not on Disney as a larger organization, but we're going to focus on the Disney content pipeline. And then fourth, is there something that Disney should do to fix their business model? Number one. What kind of business is Disney in? Disney is in a high fixed cost business. You could be in one of two types, a fixed cost or a variable cost business. But every time you consume Disney content, somebody else could be consuming it for the same cost to Disney. There are very few distribution costs that are expensive now for Disney. It used to be that they had to create a DVD or create a video, but not anymore. For you to watch it and for somebody else to watch it, there's a single platform and you can access it. Now, the second point is, what does it take to be successful in this? Well, because it's a high fixed cost business, you either need to charge a premium for your content, because you can, uh, or you need a large number of users at a certain price point that will maximize utilization of that content. And because of the nature of streaming, it could be either one. Disney could have gone out to market with a super premium offering, and they could have said, we're willing to take fewer subscribers. And that's actually what licensing content essentially was for a number of years. It was saying, we are willing to take a limited pool of dollars from bidders like Netflix or Hulu or other providers to provide our content on their platform. We're willing to take a limited amount and it's going to make it easier. We don't have to operate our own channel. It's going to be lower cost, Um, but we're not trying to maximize the number of subscribers that have access. Disney Plus is actually a tweak of their business model inside what they're thinking. So they're not changing to be low cost and low volume. They're changing to be a high cost, high volume business, um, assuming that they're gonna break even sooner on new content that they're producing. What does this give them that they never had on Netflix? It gives them access to data 
to go create better and more content on their own platform, which before they never saw what people were watching and how long they were watching it for and how many seasons they were re-upping for. So they just got secondary information and it was never enough for a powerhouse like Disney. So number four, what will it take for Disney to really succeed on Disney Plus? First of all, they needed to launch early and they did a good job at that. In the streaming wars, the ones that are available first provided they have a great content pipeline and good user experience, are going to naturally have more subscribers than some of the options that are likely to pump out content later. In addition, they've done a really good job by pricing low. They're getting a maximum number of subscribers interested, which provides them with more data for more nuanced content releases and better availability across the board. And in addition, they are already beginning to think about how they're going to adjust their content pipeline based on the information that they're getting from Disney+. Plus. So overall, we're bullish on Disney+. Plus. We think that it's a really great innovation inside the streaming wars. Uh, we know that not everybody is going to take advantage of it, but Disney has a really strong content pipeline that we think are going to drive a lot of users to it. So only time will tell. There may be tweaks that they'll need to make to their strategy, but ultimately, at the launch, we think Disney Plus is a great idea that Disney understands its business and is doing what it takes to succeed in this model. Now that we've talked about Disney and the fact that we're super fans, we're going to talk about Uber, which, as you'll see, I have quite a different opinion about Uber than many popular economists. Take a listen. Uber. Crazy founder. Amazing IPO, one of the biggest of all time, lots of leadership and culture changes. Uber's been in the news. And for many people, I would be shocked if you haven't taken an Uber somewhere in the world. For me, I'm super glad that they exist, but I have a different question today. Will their business ever work? And you might be surprised at my answer. I'm going to tease this out in four parts. We walk through this. First of all, we talk about what kind of business Uber is in. Second of all, we talk about what it will take to succeed in that kind of business. Third, we're going to talk about whether Uber is doing the things that it will take to succeed. And fourth, we're going to talk about if this is a problem worth fixing. I'm really excited to walk you through Uber today because this is one of the most popular businesses of our generation. First of all, what kind of business is Uber in? We break this down into two types. Is it a fixed cost business or is it a variable cost business? Uber IPO'd at a fixed cost business at a software business rate. But Uber is a variable cost business. Every time you or I take an Uber, Uber has a cost to that. They have to pay the driver. They have a percentage of the fees that they're able to gather, but they have to pay the driver. Therefore, Uber is a variable cost business. Number two, what does it take to succeed in a variable cost business? Variable cost businesses that succeed focus either on radical cost cutting, i.e. they pay their drivers less, or premium pricing. They're able to capture a higher delta because of brand loyalty. And number three, is Uber doing that? Well, they're not. They're not able to because a driver has very low switching costs when they're working for Uber. They're not beholden to their platform. They're not in an Uber car. They're in their own car. And so they can just decide whether Uber or Lyft today is paying higher rates or where they're going to get the next ride from. And that can change in a 10 to 20 second period. In addition, the ability to price higher is limited by other competitors, such as Lyft, uh, other competitors that are foreign, uh, for example, in other markets like Didi. 
And these other competitors provide a price ceiling where customers are willing to pay. Why? Because I also, as a customer, have very low switching costs in choosing between Uber and Lyft. And I don't have loyalty to the brand of Uber where I say, you know what? the Uber experience is going to be better. Uber can't even control their brand because they don't control their drivers and they don't control the experience. So Uber has this dual problem. They're in a variable cost business, but they can't pay people less because they're just going to leave their platform. They can't charge more because nobody is willing to pay a super premium on an Uber car over a Lyft or another alternative. And therefore, I think number four, can Uber fix this? The answer is no. Now, God love them. They're trying. They're working on a number of initiatives internally where they're focusing on rewards and sustainability. Rewards and sustainability is one way that you can drive people to pay more for the same product just based on their brand affinity. And they're doing things like premium airport pickup great. Maybe people will pay more for that. I don't think it's going to be at the scale that they need. On the driver side, they're trying nothing. They can't. They can't lose drivers because then they don't even have a product to sell in the first place. And so I think Uber has, unfortunately, an unsustainable business model. Such a cool idea. Really wish that it would work, but I don't think we're going to see them around forever. Thank you for joining us for the Strategy Simplified episode on Disney and Uber. If you liked thinking about companies that you may be familiar with, but in a different light, please join us by subscribing, leaving a review, or sending us an email with future ideas to team at managementconsulted.com.